Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon, and we are back with another episode. Um, Like I said before, things might be a little wonky um, with the COVID-19 situation, so we're going to be back with a great episode tonight. I'm super excited. Um, Before we jump in, remember that we do have that website, podcast, collegetalk.weebly.com. On there, you can find a ton of great free resources. Um, It'll link you to this podcast, but it'll also link you to like Uh, junior year checklists, senior year checklists, all those different things that'll kind of help you get a jump over the summer on the next year for folks who are maybe sophomores or juniors ending it this year, heading into your senior year. Um, There's also a couple reminders of things to do over the summer for all of you current seniors. So definitely go check those out. Um, And then please, if you can, if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes uh, or CastBox or Spotify, if you want to rate or give us a like, Um, depending on what you're listening to, that helps us get found by other listeners. Um, And so please feel free to do that if you'd like. Uh, Even just subscribing gives us a boost in all those funky algorithms. So super, super uh, appreciative of of that if you can do it. All right, let's jump in. I'm here with Jessica today, um, and we're going to talk about uh, first gen and first year stuff. But Jessica, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. So I'm Jessica. I'm currently serving um, in the AmeriCorps program with Advise Michigan as a college advisor. Um, Graduated from Northern Michigan University, and next year I will be working as a graduate hall director at UW-Eau while pursuing my master's in student affairs administration at UW-Lacoste. Nice. All right. Um, So as we were kind of talking before this, you mentioned um, that you yourself are a first-generation student. And so um, like a first-generation, or probably going to say first-gen just because it's shorter, um, student is someone who, I'm doing air quotes here, is the first to go to college. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the first to go to college. Often it means that their parents have not graduated with a bachelor's degree. So potentially parents have gotten a certificate, I think the way Advise Michigan looks at what college is, it's a lot more encompassing. So an associate's degree or a certificate or, um, you know, an apprenticeship, something like that, but maybe they haven't gotten that bachelor's degree. Um, but I guess, what does that mean? Like what for you were some of the, the challenges or barriers as a first generation student that you had to overcome? Yeah. So with my family, um, my dad, um, he got his associate degree, but he passed away when I was a teenager, um, mm-hmm. when I was still in middle school. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't get um, any education past high school. So when it got around to college, I really had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I went to a school that was great. It was like a, a college preparatory high school. So they were mm-hmm. really ready for like every student to kind of know what they were doing. And they didn't offer that as much. Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when um, we had, like, a deadline in October to send our transcripts, and, like, otherwise you're going to have to pay. So I had no idea where I wanted to apply to schools, but I applied to, like, 11 of them. Okay, hey, Michigan. there you go. <laughs> Just to kind of cover my bases yeah. a little bit and kind of figure it out from there. Um, so I think that was something I really struggled with, was kind of figure out where I kind of belonged at the best. Yeah. Um. Like, 
I poured some sports, tried to figure out that way, and I was lucky enough that my mom was really supportive um, and kind of helping me with that, but she wanted to support me, but she had no idea how. Okay. And I think that is something that can be really hard. When I was filing my FAFSA, we did it in her name instead of mine the first time. Oh, yeah. I got a a call from my college being like, hello, is this what you really want to do? And I'm like, no, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I think, like, just some of those things that everyone might think is just, like, I don't know, like, you just don't know it, and it's okay that you don't know it. Um, But, like, if you don't know where to start, I think it's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I I think... Because once you get started, a lot of universities offer checklists and stuff, at least in the last couple of years, you know, when I was doing advising and what I've seen now, they offer checklists to help you move through the process. But even just getting to figure out, okay, where am I going to fit in? Where do I want to apply to? Or even the idea of how do I do this? How do I, you know, where do I go on the website? Things like that um, can be really, really daunting Um, and so that startup piece, I think feels way bigger than it is once you do it. Um, but especially if you're kind of floating out in an ocean on your, on your own. Um, you mentioned it was hard because your mom wanted to support you, but didn't always know how, um, can you talk a little bit about that too? And just kind of maybe, you know, first people who weren't first generation, um, or who maybe are kind of going through the same thing with their parents? Like, what were some ways that you kind of figured out or talked about stuff to kind of help with overcome some of those frustrations with the, we don't know what to do, even though we want to make it happen? I think um, for me personally, I got a lot of support when I ended up finding what school was right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and I, during like orientation, we sat in financial aid's office for about probably like an hour just, like, asking them every question in the book. Mm -hmm. Having, like, someone that works at this school kind of talk to you about some of the things that you should know about Mm -hmm. makes you realize what you maybe don't know about. Um, Like, there's different types of loans and what that interest rate means and when you have to start paying it. Sometimes hearing that stuff just from, like, going to presentations, listening to videos, anything like that can kind of get the ball rolling, at least especially with my students. Um, anything that they can listen to, it just gets you more ready for like what you should know. Cause it's okay if you don't, but once you kind of start, you start kind of like realizing maybe I should know this or maybe I should ask someone. Right. Um, so I think that was kind of what <laughs> got it. Like, Oh, maybe I don't know this. I should go talk to someone about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of be there to listen, but, um, it was helpful to kind of have her to kind of maybe also get the, some of the exposure as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure she probably asked questions that you didn't think to ask, and you probably asked questions that she didn't think to ask, and sort of like a two heads are better than one sort of a situation. An extra pair of ears listening, so also when you walk out of that meeting, you're like, <laughs> wait, they say this, or do they say this? Right. Like, Let me look at your notes. <laughs> exactly, when you're foot, like totally overwhelmed by, you know, the all the, like you said, the different types of loans, there's like three, and then there's private loans you're on top of that, so you're like, ah. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Okay. So that actually led really, uh, nicely into my next question. I was going to ask if you participated in any first year experience programs and you mentioned orientation. Um, but did you, cause you said you went to Northern, did you participate in any other first year programs like a cohort or a residential living community or a fall welcome week, um, outside of orientation or was it pretty much just orientation? 
Yeah, so um, something that was kind of unique to my alma mater is their orientation is over a couple days. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like usually a weekend. Um, So that was kind of helpful because it does kind of break the day up. So it's not like all shoved in at once, but they can kind of hit some of those extra pieces that they might not always be able to. So I got to have presentations from extracurriculars and kind of like we filled out surveys of what clubs we were interested in, stuff like that. Okay. Um, That kind of really helped. Um, And also... My, when I started, they did have, like, a first-year um, block mm-hmm. for students. So um, we had, like, three classes that anyone who picked my major was all kind of in at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, and then we had, like, a seminar class where we kind of got to, like, have one of the professors in the department kind of talk to us, um, which, I mean, is helpful because there's a lot of people that maybe didn't stay in that major but ended up staying in the same um, department. Or just, like, also another friendly space on campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of helpful because um, a lot of those first-year classes, they can be really high in numbers because they're just, like, the basic intro classes. Right. And so it kind of helps to have a smaller group of people say, well, sure, you're in, like, a lecture of 100 people, but there's, like, 20 of you that are all first-years that you kind of, like, mingle together and kind of know mm-hmm. each other a little bit more. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I love the idea of like having that kind of core group that you can move through some of those things with, because you're right, like sometimes those intro lecture classes are like, I mean, if you're at MSU, it could be 300 students. You know, um, I work at, at Lake State, so, you know, our bigger lecture classes are like 60. But, um, you know, in comparison, you know, you have like a more of a mid-sized school and you've got like 100 to, you know, 200 people or whatever in there. It can be really overwhelming if you walk in and you're like, I don't know, I don't recognize any faces. But then if you've got that core group, that's super helpful. Um, and kind of talking about some of the barriers and challenges, it sort of the, the support was one, not that there was a lack of wanting to give support, but it was sort of like a you don't know what you don't know thing. Do you feel like the orientation and that first year seminar block and even that class um, kind of prompted you to come up with questions that you wanted to find out or helped with that you don't know what you don't know kind of piece? I think the biggest thing that it really kind of helped me is get acclimated to campus. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can be really hard, especially because I moved so far away to school on not having, like, a core group of people around you that you kind of know and you're kind of just, like, thrown into the water. Yeah. Um, So it kind of helps that there's a group of people that are also going through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I think it just helps you, like, maybe they're not your best friends that you go out with and talk to or eat every meal with, but Mm -hmm. it's something that, like, makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. So, um, like, if I'm joining, like, a group within my major, maybe I'm going to ask the person in my seminar class if they want to go to the meeting the first time with me, so it's not just me going by myself. Yeah. Um, So that kind of helps you branch out a little bit more, which I think was, like, the biggest impact because I... um, I also, like, lived in the residence halls, and there was a lot of first-year students in that, in mm-hmm. the hall that I lived in as well. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of was helpful to be like, oh, this person lives with me. Like, they live three doors down. Like, we can go and do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way it's a little bit less scary. <laughs> nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess my next question, I mean, 
talking about all those things at orientation, you got to ask all the financial aid questions that you wanted to. And it sounds like you would like one-on-one time with them, which was, which is always super helpful. Um, but then you got to meet people through your seminar classes. It sounds like you got to figure out what there was to do on campus at that orientation, just like a whole host of things. You know, I think with, with COVID-19, there's that possibility that, um, some first year experience programs are going to either happen virtually or not at all. Um, and in my mind, you know, as I work with students and student success, like that to me is a huge, huge thing for students to miss out on. Cause like you said, it acclimates you to campus. It gives you people to do things with or to, to, to kind of start or step into those learning or scary situations with, so you're not by yourself doing it. Um, and, and so I'm kind of, you said you had quite a drive, eight hours, right. Heading up to, uh, to Marquette there. And so, um, it probably took a lot of pre-planning, I'm assuming. So I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about some of the ways uh, from that experience you think students can kind of get ready for their transition. And, and it can either be things that you did that you thought were really good or things that you wish you did. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'll just kind of let you go and I'll jump in if, I, if it sparks anything. Yeah, so I think um, something that is really big is try to get to know the town as much as possible. Mm. Um, Yes, like most of your time is living on campus and like doing things on campus, especially if you're living there, but what surrounds it is so important too because like you have to be able to, you want to get off campus and you don't want to see your classmates, you want to go on like a walk or something. Right. Like what's going to be surrounding you that you can kind of go to, um, maybe like if they're not open, but like seeing like if you Google Maps, like what is it like, walking distance of campus, like, mm-hmm. is there bike trails, um, is there water, is there, like, places to go, what kind of restaurants, mm-hmm. um, that's super helpful, even if, like, you can't actually, like, physically go there right now, um, or they're not open, at least you can kind of see what's around there, what's available for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think that maybe any type of, like, any type of anything that they can get involved with with the school, if they're having online orientation, as much as, like, you're going to give in to something, the more you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, connecting on social media with the school, joining any of the Facebook groups that maybe are started for that class, um, any of that kind of stuff would be super helpful. Watching as many videos as, like, online tours, every school either has, like, some type of, like, school video or YouTube account or mm-hmm. virtual tour that you can click through so you kind of at least feel a little bit of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. It drew, like, an Instagram profile, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think those are all really good, too. Um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of, like, looking back uh, to my orientation experience and thinking about like what it jogged in my memory to bring. Um, I'd say like if, if maybe you meet your RA virtually before, um, before like you end up being on campus or, you know, just the way things might shake out if they're doing that, like virtually or whatever, ask your RA a bunch of questions. I mean, you, you said you were an RA, so hopefully you'll agree with this, but I think that's the thing is we get in our heads and we're like, well, that's a stupid question. I don't want to ask that. But I think when you're coming up and you really don't know a lot about what the experience is going to be like, there really isn't a quote unquote stupid question. Um, because if it's information you need to know, then it's important. Um, but I guess in your experience, you know, as an RA, would you say that students 
utilize the RAs to the best that they could have to get the most out of it? And then what would some advice be to like, how can you interact with the student staff that's put around you to be supports like RAs or student government presidents or whatever? Um, Yeah. How would you recommend that students kind of reach out and interact with them? Honestly, I really, at least when I was an RA, I just talked to my students, like, the reason I want to do this job is because I like working with people so much. Like, I want to be that person that you go to, that you kind of talk to. It was, like, always a joke with my students. They call me, like, mom and dad. Because they would, like, do really good on the exam and want to come and tell me or something. Yeah. So, um, that was, like, I'm there to kind of be that support person, and I'm not going to be their counselor, I'm not going to be your financial aid expert, I'm just going to be here to kind of point you to where to go, mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> as probably heard a lot of schools have funky acronyms for different departments, and you don't know what department handles what, Right. Yeah. and so that's that person's job is just to kind of at least point you to where you got to go, mm-hmm. if they don't know, they'll find someone who does, mm-hmm. Um. That's, and they're also a really good resource to kind of, they have a lot of connections because clubs and stuff, they always reach out to housing to give posters, mm-hmm. to give like updates to meetings and stuff. And so if you're really interested in something and you want to know about it, they're the person that you can try and ask because I'm sure they probably know someone or someone in a different building um, that might kind of be interested in that same thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or they've hung up a poster about it at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, like, a student, she filled out a survey at, um, orientation about, like, interested in, like, the, like, um, like, magic, the card game. Yeah. And so, like, found out that another kid in the building was starting a club with it, so then I talked to her, and, like, they're able to kind of bring people that might not have matched together. Yeah. Create that connection, and then, you know, it, they were able to, A, create a club, but then also connections and, you know, support across campus as well. That's, that's cool. And, yeah, you know... Go ahead. Um, but I also don't think that there really is a stupid question. Like, um, at least from my experience, I'd rather a student ask me a question than, like, sit there and, like, go the whole semester without knowing how to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, there was, like, a student who, like, didn't know how their meal plans worked or something like that. And right. Sometimes it can be such a simple, like, question, or sometimes it is a little bit more elaborate, but... Um, like I said before, if you don't know until you know, so it doesn't hurt to ask and we'll answer it and they're not going to be disrespectful. And if they are, then you got to talk someone up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> someone that's going to be on that campus is going to try and help you. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my, when I hear this from students a lot too, um, is that, you know, well, I didn't want to go to my professor's office hours and ask them because, you know, I don't want them to know that I don't, that I, I don't know this or that I'm having trouble learning this. And my answer is always like, why are you paying so much for tuition if you should already know what you're supposed to be here learning? And I think like that is one of the biggest like mindset detrimental things that we can do to ourselves is um, be afraid to ask those questions and to have those learning moments because we want to seem like we know everything because we're here paying like thousands of dollars. I mean, we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is to say we don't know everything we want to learn. And so like use that to its full extent, like ask your professors questions, ask them the jobs they got out of college, you know, things like that, because those are going to give you leads and hints and potentially contacts, um, you know, later in the future. And, and, um, I just think, you know, 
the idea of, you know, there is no stupid question, I'm doing air quotes again, stupid question um, is so important because like you said, if that student hadn't, you know, done that survey or felt like they didn't want to put their interest on that survey, then that connection never would have happened with the the magic, the gathering card game thing. Um, and so I love that idea of just like reach out and ask. And if someone doesn't give you like an answer that you feel is respectful, ask again, because there's someone who's going to be there for you. Don't let one person ruin that experience. Yeah, you gotta get your dollars worth, man. Yeah, absolutely. You're paying a lot of money. <laughs> it's not like you're putting hours of work into something, and mm-hmm. also the biggest thing is you. If you're studying that, you're supposed to know that when you graduate, do whatever job. If you don't understand it, how are you gonna do that job once you graduate? Right. Yeah. If yeah. You're just barely passing that class, or just barely getting through, um, you're not gonna feel as equipped when you step into the work field for it, too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a huge point even. Um, yeah. If you're not understanding, so, you know, actions speak louder than words. Right. And so if you're not able to, to do something, if you're able to squeak by with like a C, I know there's the saying C's get degrees, um, but C's okay. don't necessarily get jobs. Um, and having a really well rounded, robust understanding of what you're supposed to do is super important. Like you don't have to be an all A student. I think being an all A student in, in college, I mean, if you were, if you're able to do it as a student, like that's amazing. I hope you're not super stressed, like good job. But at the same time, it's like, bees are great. Bees are hard to get in college. Like be proud of those. Um, but you're right. I think there's that, that mindset of like, okay, if I can just get through it and then no one knows I'm struggling, then we're good. We're on the flip side. It's like, if you tell someone you're struggling and you get the help that you need, you'll a do better B you'll come out of it way more equipped to do the thing that you want to do down the road. And I think um, something that, like, is so different from, like, the transition from high school to college is that, like, you don't really have, like, this personal relationships with, like, teachers in high school as you do, like, in college because they kind of see themselves, like, a little bit more equal sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're more willing to just, like, tell you how it is. Like, they're not going to sugarcoat something. Right. Um, they're going to tell you, like, what the job looks like for that career, like, maybe, like, if this might be a better fit for you, um, and, like, I still have contacts in my college, like, they're some of the most amazing, like, helpful people to write, like, letters, even if I haven't talked to them in two years, and, like, stuff mm-hmm. like that, especially as students are trying to go on to, like, um, education paths, like, their bachelor's or, um, anything like that, it's just super helpful to kind of have those contacts, because it's an inter-working web for all of the higher-ed people, so that can be really helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, like, I, I think back to some professors that um, I had in undergrad um, and, you know, in grad school and stuff, and I'll, I'll still chit-chat with them. And um, there's people that I connected with in undergrad uh, who were, like, supervisors or, um, you know, I just like people that I talk to frequently in, like, the dining halls. And, um, like we still interact. And so like, you know, it, it just, it, you know, like the, the cooks, you know, um, I worked in one of the, the dining halls and there's someone that we're friends, we're friends on Facebook and she'll give me like recipes and stuff, um, that are way better than anything that I could think of. So it's like <laughs> all of those little tiny connections, um, matter. Uh, and so that's, that's, I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's wild how many different like avenues, 
those connections can set you on in college. It could be a professional one, it could be an educational one, it could be like personal growth. Um, but they're all there. You just have to take advantage of them. Um, and faculty is a great way to start and a great place to do that for sure. That was really what I had for my questions, just kind of focusing around the idea of, of first gen and, you know, how COVID-19 and the impact on first year experience programs might impact students. But I wanted to open the floor up to you and ask if, you know, anything that you're seeing as a college advisor right now or anything um, from your experience as an RA, is there anything that you want to tell students um, that, you know, you think it's important for them to know as they head into the summer and then potentially into uh, transitioning into the fall semester? I think something really big would be um, we kind of had like a model when I was working as an RA. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we were planning events, we always said like students promote what they help create. Mm. Um, so it also kind of works as like when they're planning their decisions, whatever like you're invested in is what you're going to be passionate about. Mm-hmm. So if you're passionate about what school you want to go to or what program you want to go to, go into or what career you want to end up in, the most you, like the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And the more you're going to kind of be proud of what you do. Um, when we were planning events, we always kind of talked about that because like any little piece that we could have students working with, like if one student plans to post it, like they're going to be proud of that and tell their friends, maybe they might go to that or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, and I think something else is if a student is going away to campus, I think the biggest thing is to really kind of immerse themselves into it. Even if there are students that, um, maybe be going with like friends from the high school or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, it's really helpful to try and branch out. It's really easy at first to kind of stick in that group because it's comfortable. Like there's a lot of new happening around you, but anytime that you can kind of like branch out, maybe go sit with different people for dinner, go ask your neighbor if they want to get dinner instead of just your roommate, mm-hmm. it can just really help you get used to that. Cause, um, especially in the beginning, like we always told students to try and stay on for, um, at least six weeks mm-hmm. um, without going home mm-hmm. just because that's when everyone's kind of going through that big shift and it's when you can kind of meet the most people because it's usually like all of you scared at once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least you kind of have that, that calmness of everyone's kind of scared. But otherwise, <laughs> if you keep going, you're not there, and then you're kind of in that scared by yourself a little bit more. Definitely. So. Yeah, it's harder to break in in a way um, and create those yeah, connections. And then, like, there's, like, the, any, like, type of event that the school is hosting in the beginning, try and go to it as long as it's, like, within your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, like, they always do, like, like, the fall fest, if they have stuff like that, where you can go, like, look at clubs, sign up for as many clubs as you want. You can always take yourself off the list later if they start sending you too many emails or you don't want to go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you can get yourself on that list and kind of get to know what meetings are happening for certain things. Definitely. Um that's something that I think was beneficial. He's like, I took my name off some list towards the end, but <laughs> on my first year, but it's kind of helpful to kind of just get to like see a little bit of what's happening. Maybe go to a couple meetings and realize it wasn't my jam and kind of could dip out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's fantastic advice. I think, you know, that was something that, um, in grad school, I, I was the grad assistant for campus programming and, um, there were so many students who were like nervous to come up to like uh, my students' booth 
um, at some of those fall festival things. But on the flip side, it was like my, the students who were running that booth wanted nothing more than to just like say hello to you and just kind of like chit chat with you about what they were doing. Cause they were excited. So like, if you are at one of those fall welcome carnival extravaganza situations, um, they, they want to talk to you. So like go up to them. Um, they might overwhelm you with their excitement of how much they want to talk to you, but don't ever think like, I'm not right for this club or like, they don't want me. Um, because more than likely they do, um, want you as a member and they'll be super pumped to have you there. Um, and then my last thing, and you kind of mentioned it with like getting out of your comfort zone and like hanging out with different people. If you do have an in-person fall welcome or orientation and you have like a student leader and they're trying to get you to interact with people, take off your darn cool hat and do it because that's how you make connections and that's how you meet people. Um, some of my like closest friends from undergrad, um, and even through grad school and beyond, I met through connections that I made in orientation with someone in my group. Um, I like still talk to people from my orientation group from like two weeks after I graduated from high school. So like, I think keep that in mind as you go into those things. Those connections can be really fantastic, but you have to kind of take off your cool hat and let yourself get like pulled into the rah-rah college spirit, even if it feels a little bit dorky. Um, the more you get into it, the better time you're going to have. Yeah, honestly, like even my orientation leader ended up being my RA. Oh, wow. So that was... <laughs> I mean, obviously, she didn't remember me because she's dealing with the whole student body. Right. But that was something where it was kind of like I knew who I was going to have um, when I got to campus, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And, and you know that she has, like, knowledge and, you know, all that stuff. Like, you recognize the face. It's not quite as intimidating. You know she's nice already. All that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else uh, for for the listeners here? Nothing, just stick with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving up part of your evening to chat with us. Um, I truly appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us and listening in. Um, please remember, we've got that website. There's a link for it right in the description. And if you can, like or rate us or comment or subscribe. It helps with that funky algorithm so that more folks can find us and get help on their journeys to college. Um, as always, it was such a pleasure to chat with you here on College Talk. Talk.